Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Malcolm Castaways. I'm Hannah, and with me, of course, today is Braxton Dalton and a very special guest, Elaine Grindle. Today, um, would you just like to start off by saying a little bit about yourself, Mr. Grindle, and just what you do in general? You bet. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Uh, I'm a, a broadcaster currently with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, this will be my sixth season that we're about to enter with the Milwaukee Brewers. Prior to that, I spent 10 years with the Husker Sports Network in Lincoln. And I grew up just outside of Lincoln, about an hour east of there in southwest Iowa, in a little town called Hastings, Iowa. And so uh, Nebraska is still kind of home to me in a lot of ways. Uh, that's where I had all four of my children. And um, so we try to get back there a as often as possible. We're, we're still Husker fans in our family, always will be. I grew up a Husker <laughs> fan. Uh, so we try to get back to games and try to stay connected with the programs as best we can. Uh, also, but uh, yeah, grew up in Hastings, Iowa, went to college at the University of South Dakota, and then was lucky enough to kind of land what at the time was my dream job working for Nebraska uh, shortly after I got out of college. And so uh, I've had a really fun career. It's taken me a lot of different places, and I've got to meet a lot of very interesting people through this uh, in, in entirety of my career so far. And and hopefully there's there's plenty more years to come as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, once you're a Husker, it's you can't really steer off of that. It's in your blood forever. So <laughs> no yeah. joke. No. I always tell people it gets down in your bones really fast. Like it's just it's yeah. it's pretty hard to shed it once you become one. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that you worked at the University of Nebraska as an announcer. Kind of sounds mm -hmm. like from our research that you kind of did it all, um, various things. So where did you go to school and what kind of high school, college, career setup did you have to get to yeah, the Milwaukee it's, Brewers job? It's a really good question. Um, so I went to school at a, in a little town called Hastings, Iowa, and it's, it's the, the, the actual high school is called Mission Valley, and about four tiny little towns feed into that school. And in fact, the school is no longer, it's, it's now consolidated like so much that we see in those small towns in, in, in kind of the rural Midwest. And so now it's a, a town called, East, or a, a high school called East Mills. Um, they consolidated with a little town called Malvern, which I actually had gone to school there for, for a time too. So I'm, I'm like a true East Mills um, <laughs> alum. But uh, I went to school there, played every sport I could. I loved sports. It was always my passion from pretty much the time I could, I could walk and talk. I, I was into sports. And so, I always knew I wanted to go into something that would keep me in the sports arena. And uh, at one point in high school, I thought maybe I wanted to go into to work like in a front office for a professional sports team, maybe try to be some sort of a scout or a, a talent evaluator. And once I got a little bit further into the, the actual research of that, I realized that like, eh, I'm probably not going to play at a high enough level to have the credentials I would need to really take that career somewhere. So the next thing I loved to do was talk and I was a show off my, I mean, I had to get bribed at Christmas concerts and stuff by my parents. Like if you just keep your hands at your side and recite the words, you know, you can have a gift when the concert's over because I like to, you know, move my hands and draw attention to myself. So I was never shy. I always liked the microphone and everybody always told me I should go into broadcasting and that was kind of the pivot that I made right around my freshman year of college. I went to college at the University of South Dakota, and I ran track there. Um, I was going to play football at Nebraska Wesleyan. I'd had five concussions. I was all ready to go. And when it was time to sign like the financial stuff, 
I was like, I don't know if this is the smartest thing in the world. And I had this <laughs> opportunity to go run track at, at South Dakota. And so it was like a couple of weeks before my graduation in the spring when I, I made the decision I was going to go to South Dakota and run track. Um, then in, in my oh. freshman year, I made the pivot to, I think I'm going to do the broadcasting thing. And what happened for me and somebody you guys have, have already talked to, I believe, on this platform is I interned for Kevin Kugler wow. after my oh. so, after my sophomore year Crazy. of college. I, <laughs> I interned for him in Omaha. He's pretty much my best friend to this day. Um, so I was oh, able crazy. to get connected with him. He's been a, you know, he scoffs at the notion that he's my mentor, but he really <laughs> has been. I mean, he's if, if he's not my mentor, he certainly, you know, laid the blueprint for what I, you know, envision myself being maybe just a few years later um, in this business. So he's been a huge influence to me, regardless of whatever title you want to put on it. So um, that started in college. And then, you know, I just kept trying to grab as many opportunities as I could, um, hands-on opportunities in the broadcasting field. And so after my internship at 1620 The Zone in Omaha with Kevin, um, I quickly went back to school in the fall and got a job with the flagship station for the University of South Dakota Athletics. And that's where things really took off for me because it was a small station, but they had a lot of sports that they covered. And so my, um, I was very opportunistic. I was never shy. And so I would reach out to the owner of the station and say, Hey, what if I did a high school scoreboard show on Friday nights? What if I did this? And he just kept saying, yeah, do it. And so I just kind of created opportunities for myself on the air and um, next thing I knew, I was doing University of South Dakota basketball while I was still in college. I was doing sidelines for University of South Dakota football while I was still in college. Wow. And so I just I gained unbelievably valuable experience while I was still in school. And as much as I will tell you, the University of South Dakota is a great institution, and it is. And their uh, contemporary media and journalism program was was tremendous. Um, it still doesn't stack up to the actual in the field experience I gained from my part-time job uh, that I had the entire time I was going to school. I think it's awesome, awesome. that your uh, Kevin Kugler is kind of your mentor because that's just is like a full circle for <laughs> us here. It's, yeah. it's crazy to think that. And you talked a lot about being optimistic in your career, career field and you, I think it's also awesome that you've always known you wanted to go into sports. Like you always had this dream of doing something with that and that you just keep building and going towards that goal with that optimism. But if there was ever a challenge for you in life, how did you continue to stay that optimistic about your future and your goals? That's a great question. I, I, I've been lucky in that things happen pretty fast for me in this business. And, and I will tell you, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think working hard is clearly a prerequisite if you're going to do anything in this business. Um, Humility's big because you're going to be asked to do a lot of things early on in your career in this business that aren't necessarily going to be fun or uh, are going to require you to give up something else that you're used to doing. I mean, I was a junior in college and my friends were were socializing on the weekends. And I, I I was sitting in a little studio pressing buttons on a board to get experience. And I was doing it for like $7 an hour or whatever it was at that point in time. So um, it's going to take some sacrifices early on to be able to, to get to where you want to get to. But I, I was I was lucky because I did some of those things in college and it gave me a head start. 
And uh, I was able to get a lot of experience early. And then I kind of stumbled into the Nebraska job at the age of 24. And then I, I really thought I was going to stay there forever. I had no intention of leaving. And then the Brewers job kind of came along. And it was one of those, well, it's Major League Baseball. You got yeah. to jump at that <laughs> if you have the it's opportunity. So yeah. I, I, I really, I, I mean, I would be lying if I said I'd had a ton of adversity in my career that I've had to like overcome. I've been lucky. A lot of doors have opened for me. Networking's big. I mean, I made a connection with Kevin Kugler and that led to five or six other people that I started to meet um, through the business. And then they were able to maybe recommend me for a job here or there. And so uh, that's important, you know, build bridges, connect to people, stay in touch with them, uh, understand how to, you know, how to work that, that, that part of, the, the ladder that you're trying to climb. And so all of those things really came together pretty fast for me. I, I, I would honestly tell you, maybe the, the biggest adversity that I've kind of dealt with in my career was when I was at Nebraska, I also sold. And that was a, a big part of my job. I mean, I did the stuff on air. I, I, I hosted a nightly talk show when I first got there. Then I transitioned into doing baseball play-by-play after about a year or two at Nebraska. And I did that pretty much the entire time I was there. And I, my second year, I became a sideline reporter. But then eventually I dropped the talk show because it was a nightly talk show. And I had, I had children and I wanted to start seeing them at night a little bit more because I just wasn't seeing my, my two daughters really at all. I was leaving for work at like 8 a.m. and getting home at like 9.30 and they were already in bed. So I didn't see them other than maybe the weekends. And a lot of times it's working games on the weekends. So after like five and a half years of doing the talk show, I asked the company if I could transition out of it and just do the on-air stuff I was doing for play-by-play and sidelines and focus more on the sales side because of what that would allow me from a schedule standpoint. That was hard because I wasn't a natural born seller. That wasn't part of what I got into the business to do. And it's a stressful place to be is in sales. I mean, you're, you're trying to hit numbers and there's expectations and um, you're getting basically graded out, you know, every year on, on how close to goal you get and all those types of things. And so that took me a few years to really get my footing in that and learn to acquire those skills. But I'm, I'm so glad I did that. Um, one, because of what I was able to do in terms of being around for my kids as they were growing up. And we had two more later. And I was able to really be there for my two youngest kids uh, in their early years. Um, but also the, the skills that I acquired from selling. I mean, again, going back to what I was talking about, networking, relationship building, customer service. I mean, all those things are a part of any job, no matter what field you go into, that you're going to do. And so uh, I, I, I think the sales end of it, real, and I started to learn about other industries. And it just makes you a more well-rounded person. So uh, that was a challenge. I wouldn't say I had an, an overwhelming amount of adversity I had to come with it, uh, overcome with it, but it was a big challenge and it, and it really made me step outside my comfort zone a little bit. The other one has been, since I became a, a member of the Brewers broadcast team, uh, my schedule's way different. I'm really busy for seven months out of the year where I'm at the ballpark basically every day. And then for five months out of the year, it's not uh there's not a lot of demand you know um <laughs> yeah. the brewer there aren't baseball games for me to call there are some events that i make appearances at for the brewers there are um different speaking things that i you know mc events here or there things of that nature 
and some projects here and there that I work on. But for the most part, uh, I'm a dad for the other five months of the year, which is outstanding. I mean, I, I, I get to be around for all my kids' sports, all my kids' activities. I get to be there to pick them up from school. If my, my wife's a, a teacher and she's a tremendous teacher, she's in special education. And sometimes she has meetings after school. I can go pick up my kids. Uh, if she needs to go early to school, I can take my kids to school. That's really a very rewarding thing. But uh, five months of not working at all and not being on the microphone, uh, it's it's a big part of what I do. And so uh, it's taken me a long time, but I have worked really hard to try to build up some additional freelance stuff that I do in the off seasons. And, um, you know, there's been years where I've done uh, a, a lot of that. And then there's been years that were a little bit more lean, I, but I've been able to do some really cool stuff as a result of that, but it's taken a long time to kind of build up the contacts and the, the experience to start getting some TV jobs in the off season and things of that nature. So, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I was lucky enough to go to Hawaii with the Michigan basketball team in the Maui Invitational to fill in for their play-by-play guy. That was a pretty cool fill-in job. And wow. when, when, the, <laughs> when the tournament was over, uh, John Beeline, turned and thanked me for coming with him on the trip. And as he was halfway through it, he goes, why am I thanking you? You got to come to, to Maui for free. You came out of this pretty good. And we had, we shared a laugh, but um, so I, you know, I've done some stuff like that. I do football in the fall, uh, a couple games, usually a year for the Missouri Valley football conference, like the university of South Dakota that I'm an alum of South Dakota state, Northern Iowa, Youngstown state, um, those schools, and then just this year, I started to, to really add to my basketball TV. In fact, I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado right now in a hotel room because I have New Mexico and Colorado State tonight on FS1 with former Husker basketball coach Tim Miles. He's my analyst tonight. So, oh, um, cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I've known Tim for – Tim and I go way, way back. So it's, it's kind of fun to be able to work with him on TV. I used to host his TV show at Nebraska. Wow. So we've had some chuckles over that. So that, that's been – that's not an easy – part of the business to, to break into. And so um, it's been really rewarding this year that I've been able to add a lot of that to, to kind of my portfolio or my resume or whatever you will, because it's something that I hope I can continue to do for years to come as well on top of the baseball stuff that I do in the summer. I think it's awesome that first of all, I, I love MLB. I'm a huge Royals fan, born and raised. I love major league baseball. I play softball it's a big thing, but I also think it's amazing that you've had these opportunities to venture out of that and still do the things that you love and still have enough time to be just with your family. And that's just, that's really inspiring that you still get to do the things you love. It's a good, it's a really good balance. I mean, I was worried about when, when I took the major league baseball job, um, I was worried about time management and, I knew it was going to take me away from my family for long stretches of time because we'll have 10 day road trips and I leave for almost a month during spring training. And those are, I'm not going to lie. Those are, those are challenging times. You know, um, my son is my youngest and he's really connected to his dad. And, and, and when I leave for a trip, he, he's not happy. He's five years old and that's, that's hard on him. And, you know, my older two daughters kind of get it. Um, and then I have a, a six-year-old daughter who she still, it's really hard on her when I leave on a trip. And so I was nervous about that part of it, but I don't think at the time I totally comprehended the rewards on the other side of it, that I was going to have these long stretches of time where I didn't have to go into the office. I could just be totally um, immersed and lost in my family. And uh, it's been, that has been probably the biggest 
pleasant surprise that I've been able to experience being in the major league baseball life now is the amount of time I have with my family. It's actually, it's actually better than what I had before when I was at Nebraska, to be honest with you, because with so many hats that I wore at Nebraska, you were never really not at work. Uh, mm-hmm. To be honest with you, yeah. your phone was going off at some point in time. You were distracted. Now, I, I mean, I just have to call the games. So when I'm home, I can put the phone away if I need to. I'm not as good at that as I should be, but I can yeah. put the phone away if I need to and just get on the floor and play cards with my kids or whatever <laughs> we decide to do. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's so interesting hearing your path and then hearing uh, Kevin Kugler's path from earlier and pretty much there's one big thing that I noticed in both of them is that you got to work hard to get rewarded. And that's just so interesting. And I don't know if we all now understand that like we need to. And so, yeah, that's why I think this is great that we get to talk to you and you get to talk about your path. And yeah, people can see if there's more than one option. Yeah. There's a pretty easy to find theme in, in, in most stories of, success or any level you know measure to success i you know i i do consider that my career has been successful but i don't pretend that it's some pinnacle that everybody's trying to reach or anything like that i i've had a nice career where a lot of things have gone well and and i've been able to really enjoy what i do but you do have to you have to work hard to put yourself in the position to take advantage of the opportunities when they come and you have to be able to to put yourself out there a little bit as well. And that's that's not always the easiest thing, too, because you're putting yourself out there and you're risking rejection. I mean, I'm talking about these TV games that I've that, that I've started to get this this year. But for the last couple of years, I, that hasn't always happened. Right. I've, I've reached out to different TV networks and I've been told, oh, man, you know, not this year. We don't have any openings or whatever it may be. And it's kind of hard to, to get through all of that at times when you're getting told no here and there, and you're going to get told no in this business, but you have to have the the confidence and the belief in yourself to keep pushing forward, but you also have to keep working hard. And, and, and you have to understand that the job's never done in terms of like, as a broadcaster, you could say, Oh, well now I'm doing Nebraska football sidelines and I'm doing Nebraska baseball. And that's all I've ever wanted to do. So I don't have to try to get better, but that's not, that's not the way it works. Like you always have to try to get better. There's always something you can do to improve. And so I'm, I'm really big on, you know, to get a little bit inside baseball with you to use a pun here. Um, I'm more inside broadcasting. I'm really big on going back and air checking my stuff and listening to it and, and, and trying to make sure that I catch maybe some little mistake that, that maybe even the listener or the viewer didn't catch, but I did. And I, and I can do it more efficiently the next time, or I can say something more succinctly the next time, whatever it may be. But I think you always have to keep taking self-inventory and, and, and really kind of grading yourself and, and staying on top of your skills. But um, sometimes it's not that easy to find the opportunity. So you got to go find them yourself. And uh, the only way you're going to get very good in this business and broadcasting is by getting reps and by getting the experience. And sometimes that's hard to find. I'll use an example. Um, three years ago, when I went to Hawaii with Michigan, uh, I hadn't called a lot of basketball. So what I ended up doing leading up to that tournament was finding old Michigan basketball games on YouTube and calling them off of TV wow. leading up <laughs> to oh. the tournament because I needed 
the experience. I needed the reps. I needed the practice. And it wasn't the real thing. Now, fast forward to 2021. And that is how <laughs> a lot of people are calling basketball this year. But yeah. it, 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 I mean, it wasn't the real thing, but it, but it was helpful. And it, mm-hmm. and it got, it's kind of like riding a bike. It, it, it got, you know, the muscle memory going again for me in terms of calling basketball. That same tournament, so it was Thanksgiving week, if you're familiar with the Maui Invitational, it was Thanksgiving week. And then on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, uh, I flew home and I put a football chart together on the flight, which I had plenty of time to do that on that flight. (laughs) And then on the Friday after Thanksgiving, I hired my own spotter. I hired my own analyst. And I went to the Nebraska-Iowa game, and I had Keith Mann at Nebraska put me up in the garage at the top of Memorial Stadium. And I called that football game for nobody other than my my recorder um, to get the experience and to get the reps to call football because I had not called a lot of football because I'd been primarily just calling baseball over the last five or six years. Mm -hmm. And so, like, here I was, 37 years old, and you might think, well, why, why do that? Like you're not at the beginning of your career anymore where you have to go get creative and do stuff like that just to get tape. But I do like I, if I want to get better and if I want to keep improving and, and provide the best product I can for my listeners in whatever game I'm doing uh, in whatever sport I'm doing, then I, I do need to keep practicing and getting the reps and everything else. It's Dallas sweet. What's up, buddy? Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, oh I God. think, and I think that's critical in any industry that you're in is you have to continue to, to try to get better. And, and, and that, that work's never done. There's no end game there. Like it's not mm-hmm. some linear path. And then all of a sudden you're at the pot at the, at the end of the rainbow. Um, there's always something you can do to get better. And I think you have to have that mindset. I think that is a very important oh. lesson to learn, especially for kids our age, we're kind of used to, like with especially with advancement of technology we're kind of used to just building off of ourselves and not really like thinking about hey I need to actually put in work to get better and just kind of not saying our generation's all like that but I'm saying I know a lot of people we're rather oh no lazier about that yeah and I think that that lesson that you just conveyed to us is very important for us to learn and especially with your interest in your career it's amazing that you keep finding those ways to make yourself better and the fact that I can just picture you sitting in front of a tv like practicing like okay this is how I'm gonna say it like I think that's awesome that you're still finding ways to practice and get better and with that I'm just gonna go ahead and wrap it up here because we do have class to get to but that's okay um Kevin Kugler told us a very interesting story about his time in Beijing and I don't know if you've ever heard of that story but if you have we feel like we were the first group to get that story, but yeah. irrelevant, irrelevant. Um, do you have any interesting stories you would like to say or any last words you'd like to say to our viewers out there? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm lucky enough right now that I get to work with Bob Euchre. And so <laughs> there, there are a million um, unique things that happen to me almost every single season just by writing his coattails. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the, the things I've seen and experienced just by sharing a booth with him, and, and, and my other partner, Jeff Levering, um, the things that Jeff and I get to see or witness, it, it's, it's really, it's historical, right? Like Bob was friends, like good friends with Mickey Mantle. Like we get firsthand mm-hmm. stories 
of him and Mickey Mantle. Um, awesome. And (laughs) to kind of bring it to present times, by far the most impactful thing that I've been able to experience in in terms of just like my jaw was on the floor, I couldn't formulate words, was my first year with the Brewers and Henry Aaron came to, he usually came back to Milwaukee once or twice a year. And of course we just lost Henry and it was a, that was tough for everybody in the baseball community because of the man that he was and, and what he meant. Uh, to to not just to baseball, but I, I think to our country in a lot of ways, and um, so it got me thinking about all those times, you know, where uh, Henry's name was brought up in conversation, or Bob would share a story. But my first year, Henry came to the ballpark late in the season. I think it was September, and he came up to the booth to say hi to Bob, and I'm filling my face with food in the corner of our booth. <laughs> and Bob says, he calls me, Bob calls me Grinny for Grindle. And he says, Grinny, come over here. I want you to meet somebody. And I have like a, you know, like a bagel in my mouth. And I turn and I'm like, it's Henry Aaron. And so I walk over and and then our uh, my other broadcast partner, Jeff Lovering walks over with me and we both, shake Henry Aaron's hand and say hello to him. And oh my gosh, I, I, I couldn't talk. Like I, I didn't know what to say. That <laughs> was probably the, mouth. well, that was part of <laughs> yeah. it. Right. That was probably the first moment in my life where I felt like, I felt like that was fiction. Like to me, Henry Aaron was Paul Bunyan. He was a tall tale. Yeah. He, he wasn't yeah. real. He was a guy I've read about. And, but like, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would meet Henry Aaron and um, just a huge presence about him without saying a word and the kindest, most gentle man you'd ever meet. And so that, that for me was my like unbelievable moment where I just, I still think back to that all the time and I can't believe I was lucky enough to get to meet Henry Aaron. So that yeah, would be awesome. my story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how fun. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. That's an awesome story. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. That is inspiring. You're inspiring. I can't, we can't thank you enough for coming and joining us on our show. We can't thank Dal Sweet enough, even though he just popped in. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being here you and yeah. joining thank us today. You. And see you next time. <laughs> Happy to do it. And if you have any questions or anybody ever wants to reach out, you're, you're more than welcome to do so. I, I love the Malcolm Clippers, so anything I can do for you guys, I'm <laughs> willing to so do much. it. Oh, we love you, you so <laughs> yeah, thank you. Too. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Awesome.